Okay, so turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4. We'll look at verse 20 uh, through 22. Proverbs chapter 4. I've got something I want to just share with you tonight about divine health and our words concerning divine health. Really important. Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 22 says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings. Verse 22. Let them not depart from before thine eyes. Keep them where? Keep my words in the midst of their heart. Amen. Verse 22. For they, my words, are life unto those that find them, and they are health, and they are healing to all of our flesh. Gloria Copeland says this, and I love this statement. She said, the portion of God's word that we act on is the portion of his word that is living in us. It is my responsibility, it is our responsibility to keep what has been sown into our hearts. It's our responsibility to keep it there. We know that the thief cometh immediately to try to take away the word of God that was sown in our heart. But don't let him do it. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Believe it down here in your innermost being. Open your mouth and declare it. And to the best of your ability, do the word of God and the devil will not have a chance. You will shut that turkey down. So continually then feed yourself with God's word in order to keep the word producing the force of faith. Continually attending to the word with your eyes, your ears, and your heart will enable you to live in divine life. Now let's talk about the language of health. It has to do with the language of redemption. Your words and our words are extremely important. I heard this many years ago, and I can't improve on it. So I'm going to borrow it, and I'm just going to tell you what it says. No one, anyone, has a choice of whether or not they live by words. But they do have a choice of what words they live by. Words are a part of our life. We speak them daily, regularly, consistently. But what words are we speaking? For the words that we speak and believe are what we will have in the future. Many do not realize the power of their words. Look at Matthew chapter 12. How many of you are believing with me tonight? Look at Matthew 12 verse 37. This is from the lips of the master. He said, for by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. We could read it this way, in light of divine health and in divine healing, we could say it this way, by your words you are healed and by your words you get sick. Did you know that the book of Proverbs is absolutely loaded with the subject of our words? 
And we're going to take a journey through Proverbs tonight. In Proverbs 10 and verse 14, I'd like you to look there. Proverbs, the 10th chapter, the 14th verse. And it is important to speak God's word over your body daily, even when you feel good. Amen. Not just waiting some, till some sort of symptom attacks your body or some sort of flu virus hits your body. Don't wait until then to speak the word. Start speaking the word right now. Take your flu vaccination from the 91st Psalm. Get to the 91st Psalm in your heart and in your mouth. Take it regularly. Now notice in Proverbs 10 verse 14, it says, Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near, near destruction. What this is saying is this, is a wise man or woman will store up knowledge. They will receive with meekness the, the engrafted word, which brings revelation knowledge into their spirit. But what does a fool do? A fool invites ruin. We are not that fool. We are those who have the wisdom of God. We are those who store up God's word in a copious manner in our life. Now look at Proverbs 10 and verse 11. Here's what the Bible says about the mouth of a righteous man. Say with me, I am, I am the, righteousness the righteousness of God, of God in, Christ. in Christ. Now notice this, it says, the mouth of a righteous man, what is it? We could say it this way, the mouth of a righteous man is a, is a spring of life. Or the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. A life-giving fountain. Our words should be life-giving. Our words should be based on the word, which is life. And that word coming out of our mouth is life-giving, not only to ourselves, but our words are life-giving to everyone around us. We should have words that do not tear people down and bring them down and bring them to destruction. We should have words that are so full of life that it lifts the very people around us. If you will practice the language of redemption and get it real strong in your heart, the value of faith-filled words, people will be drawn to the spirit of faith that's in you. Why is that? Because this Holy Spirit, who has given us the spirit of faith, He is a comforter and He is an encourager. People will want to be around you because they're not going to be bummed out by being in your presence because you've been in the presence of the Lord and the presence of God just oozes out of you and life-giving words flow freely. Say with me, life-giving words are flowing out of me. So your mouth then is like a, it's like a vein of life. It's a vein of life. Now notice with me in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 14. We're talking about this connection between our words and living in and walking in 
divine health and divine life. Proverbs 12, 14. Do you believe the book of Proverbs? Notice this. It says, a man shall be satisfied with good by his education. A man shall be satisfied with good because he's cut. No, a man will not be satisfied with good because of who he is. But a man shall be satisfied with good because of whose he is. Whose he is. Whose is you? I is his. And he is mine. So, from the fruit of our lips, man or woman is filled with good things. With the fruit of our lips, our lives then are filled with good things. You know, you all know that surely goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life, don't you? But did you know that goodness and mercy can be following you and not participate in any goodness at all? If that goodness that is following us is rejected by doubt and unbelief, it becomes a barrier. Don't let it happen to you. Like Oral Roberts said, you got to get up every morning and say, something good is going to happen to me. Now look at Proverbs 12, verse 18. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. It says here that the tongue of the wise, what is it? The tongue of the wise is health. The Amplified Version says the tongue of the wise brings healing. I like that, don't you? A wise ambassador brings health. A wise ambassador brings healing. The tongue of the wise will bring healing not only to oneself, but it will bring healing to people around us. What this is saying is this. That the tongue of the wise can make a person that was once sick well again. The tongue of the wise is health. Or we could say it this way. The tongue of the wise heals. There's healing power in your tongue. There's building up power in your tongue. There's mountain moving power in your tongue. There's cancer removing power in your tongue. You know, Norval Hayes, a great man of God, he's one of the, one of the last of, uh, of the men of God that are real, were strong, strong, strong in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Of course, Dan Hagen went on to be with the Lord many years ago. Teal Osborne recently went on to be with the Lord. Of course, Oral Roberts in heaven. But Norval Hayes just passed away a couple weeks ago. And uh, Norval, I'm telling you, you talk a man, about a man of faith, a strong man. He was 93 years old. 93 years old. And he would make the word of God so clear and so simple in his, in his own way. And Norval at one point said, you are your mouth. <laughs> you are your mouth. So here it is, guys. Now listen carefully. We're not going to have health unless we talk health. Now look at Proverbs 13 and verse 3. Just encouraging you. 
Get back in the scriptures if you've been out of them. Get those healing scriptures out and speak them and declare them over your body, over your children, and over your loved ones. Proverbs 13 and verse 3 says this, He that keepeth his mouth, keepeth his life. How about that? But he that openeth wide his lips <laughs> shall have what? Now what does it mean, he that opens wide his lips? He that opens his mouth without his thinking being engaged. Just saying the first thing that comes to our mind. Oh, this pain's got to be this, got to be that. You know, more people go into organ recitals. This organ, that organ. No, no. When you keep your mouth, you keep your life. The New Living Translation says those who control their tongue will have a long life. A long life. Is anybody interested in living long? Living long and living wow, strong. Living long without being strong is not a good quality of life. That is why so many people that are living long, they want out. Because they have nothing to look forward to. You know, when a person gets weak in their body, they're looking for Jesus. And how many of you know there's nothing wrong with that? But if we want to live long and live strong and fulfill everything that God has put in our heart to do, it is an absolute must. Amen? So he who guards his lips guards his life. One translation says, preserves his life or protects his life. Your words are important. Look at Psalm 34, verse 8. We're getting into the crux of something that I really believe that the Lord wants to emphasize tonight. So all of this was introductory remarks to a couple of things I believe that the Lord will help us to see. Protects his life. Verse 8 of Psalm 34, it says... O taste and see that the Lord is bad. Taste and see that the Lord is what? Good. Good. You ever ever seen something advertised and you wondered how it was really? You know they've got pumpkin pancakes right now being advertised. So last night we went and checked the pumpkin pancakes out. I got buttermilk. That's my favorite. Brenda got pumpkin. And we tasted and we saw that the pumpkin pancakes were, they were good. They were good. They were good. But over here in Psalms, he's saying, oh, taste. And see. You know, if somebody's in the kitchen 
And they're tasting, let's say they got some chili con carne cooking. I like chili con carne the way Brenda Edwards Thomas makes it with nice cornbread. You know what I'm saying? Nice cornbread. And the way that she makes it, she makes it with two kinds of meats, not only hamburger meat, but also steak. So it's, it's yummy, yummy, yummy in the tummy, tummy, tummy. And so I'll be sitting out there in the living room or the family room and I know what's going on. But I know it's not quite ready yet. So if Brenda's in the kitchen there, which I'm so glad she's feeling better. <laughs> I told I told her today, she went to Lucky, she went to the grocery store, and I told her, I said, I'm so glad you're feeling so good that I don't have to go to Lucky for a while now. <laughs> so, in the kitchen, but you, how many of you know a good chef tastes what's on the stove? So Brenda, be in there and take a little taste, and mmm, that's good. 25 minutes later, another taste. Mm, ooh, that's really good. She's got my attention. She got my attention a day ago when she said she was going to cook chili. But when she's in the kitchen and the chili's cooking and she's tasting and going, mm, and ah, she really got my attention. What I want to do is I want to get in that kitchen and I want to taste for myself what's in that pot. Because I've had it before. And I know it's good. Well, listen, it's one thing for your friends to get blessed. We rejoice with those who get blessed. It's one thing for somebody to experience the goodness of God. We ought to rejoice with them. But how many of you know that we ought to step up to the table and taste for ourselves and just see how good our God is? Say with me, He is good. All the time, and all the time, my God is good. All the time, my God is good. How often? All the time. He is good. And He will do us good. All the days of our life, if we will just come in line with Him. If we will put ourselves in the hands of the master and we will humbly say, Lord, I must decrease so that you can increase in my life. You are my master. You are my Lord. I submit to you. Oh, God, I submit to you, my master. If you will do that, the sky is the limit. For what your good God will do, number one, in you and for you, but also through you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we shout for five seconds? I don't want you to, I don't want you to lose your shout tonight. Woo! Glory to God. Oh, taste. Jamar, I just can't help it. Good things ahead for you. Good things ahead for you. 
Hallelujah. You're not going to miss it. You're not going to miss your divine appointments. God's got his appointment book open. You're not going to miss it. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Glory to God. Sometimes he'll ask you to do something that you won't be doing two years from now. But if you don't do what he's asking you do today, two years from now, you may miss another divine appointment. It has to do with faithfulness. And it has to do with being quick to obey. Quick to obey. Verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed, happy, and to be envied is the man or the woman, say that's me, that trusteth in him. Now notice this. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. It's not just about speaking faith-filled words. That's a part of your walk. But the fear of the Lord is a huge part of your walk. Absolutely. Loving Him. Obeying Him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. That ain't us. But they, that's us. They that seek the Lord. Seeking the Lord is seeking first His kingdom. They that seek the Lord shall not want what? Any good thing. So being obedient, loving Him with all your heart, your mind, your soul. Amen? And fearing Him positions us for goodness. Now notice verse 11. Come ye children... And hearken unto me. And then he says, I will teach you something about the fear of the Lord. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And then he goes on to verse 12 and 13 and gives us some more information about the fear of the Lord. He says, what man is he that desires life? How many of you desire life? I'm in the abundant kind of life. What man is he that desires life and loves many days, that's long life, that he may what? That he may see good. So the fear of the Lord is connected to us living long and seeing good. Now notice verse 13. Here it is. Keep your tongue from evil and thy thy lips... From speaking guile. If we want to see good, we must speak good. And when it talks about keeping your tongue from evil, that's not just cussing. That's not just mowing a person down on the freeway. With all sorts of wrong words. No. Evil is also corrupt communication. 
It is polluting. It is foul language. To me, my folks, my brothers and sisters, doubt is foul. Fear is foul. Whenever I have spoken fear-filled words and doubt-filled words, immediately my spirit gets grieved. Because I grieved him on the inside of me. And he's checked me in my spirit. And so I had to go before him and say, God, I know better. Forgive me, Lord. But not only forgive me, I repent, Lord. Do you know there's a huge difference between getting forgiveness and repenting? You receive your forgiveness once, but repentance is a way of life. What does that mean? That means when a person has repented of something, they are continually turning away from it daily. It's not feeling guilty daily. It's turning away from anything that is unchristlike in our lives. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. He that loveth life, he wants to see good days. Keep your tongue from evil and thy lips that they speak no guile. And immediately when I was looking at this today, and this thought, say with me, I want to see good. Therefore, I am going to speak good. Speaking God's word is speaking good. Now look at Philemon verse 6. Philemon, the sixth verse. Y'all still here? I'm just warming up. Clock, I see you. I rebuke you, old clock. Notice this. In Philemon, verse 6. See good, speak good. Philemon, verse 6 and... I'll get it here in a minute. I can, I can quote it, but I want us all to look at it if we can. Yes. So Philemon is P-H-I-L-E-M-O-N. Thank you, Jesus. And Philemon has just one verse. One chapter. That's right, Sabrina. Can't fool a scriptorian. It's a good thing to be a scriptorian. Amen? The book of Philemon, verse 6. Now, I have it here. If you have it in your Bible, say, I have it. Okay, we got it there. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Now, notice he says that the communication of your faith, say, say my faith, can become effectual. Jerry Savelle taught on this years ago. He said that the word effectual there means divinely energized. So what this is saying is that the speaking of your faith can become divinely energized. Or you can grow strong in faith by, notice, by acknowledging, declaring, or speaking of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 
What are the good things which are in us, which are in Christ Jesus? The good things which is in you, which is in Christ Jesus, is you is a new creation in Christ. That you is an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That you are the righteousness of God in Him. That you are the head and not the tail above and not beneath. That in Him, in Christ, you have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Those things that He has bought and paid for us to be, come one with Him, are in you. We're not trying to get in Him. We are already in Him. Ooh, hallelujah. Save me, I'm all in. I'm all in, I'm all in, I'm all in. What does that mean? I'm in Christ. I'm in the family of God. I'm in the kingdom of God. And I am going to live my life by declaring the good things which He has provided for me because I'm now in Christ Jesus. So that's one way that you'll see good days is make your tongue do its duty and speak the things that are good about Christ in you. One more verse. Proverbs 21, and this is another one I believe that we really need to, to look at. You know, sometimes it's not the volume and the length of time that you get in a message. It's the Spirit of God speaking to you specifically a tailor-made word for you. So this is tailor-made right here. Look at your name and say, listen up. In Proverbs 21, verse 23. And this is for all of us. I mean, this isn't just for, you know, Pastor Mark and Pastor Brenda and Pastor Tom. You know, and Pastor Nancy. and This is for all of us. Notice this. It says, Whoso... Keepeth his mouth and his tongue. Keepeth what? Mm. Mm. And I've written in my notes what came up in my spirit today. Stop or don't trouble your own soul unnecessarily. There's enough pressure coming against all of us. There's enough bombardment coming against all of us. That's enough. We don't want to cooperate with that pressure. We want to choose the promise over the pressure. We want to speak the word only in spite of what might be going on up here. Anybody ever trouble their own soul? I'll raise both hands. It says here, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Now, I, I, I see this very clearly. Your tongue is a part of your body. Is that right? And Paul said, But I keep under my body, and I bring it into subjection. In other words, Paul was saying, my body is subject to me. I am not subject to my body. For my body is not the real me. The real me is a spirit man. And I, by the help of the Holy Spirit, and by being submissive to Him, I can keep my body 
under with his help. And I can go into the mode of tongue control. The Holy Spirit is the greatest trainer I know. And man can't do it. College can't do it. 24-hour fitness can't do it. But the Holy Spirit can help you bring this thing. Hallelujah. In subjection to the inner man. The greater one on the inside of you. Glory to God. Glory to God. So you know what I do? I say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me not to teeter and totter in my soul. And there's sometimes where I'll just lay my hands on myself. And I'll say, soul, it is well. It is well with my soul. I have the mind of Christ. God's not given me a spirit of fear. Come on, somebody. But a power and a love. And what kind of mind? A sound mind. So don't trouble your own soul. Don't trouble your own household. By complaining and whining. And speaking doubt and fear and unbelief. Speak the promises over your soul. Let's all stand to our feet. This is just a little appetizer of the book of Proverbs. Amen. But it's all good, isn't it? God's word is good, is it not? Just raise both hands toward heaven. And let's speak the promises just for a moment or two as Pastor Tom comes. Let's just speak the promises over our soul. <laughs> Say, it is well with my soul. My mind is my mind. And I declare that I have the mind of Christ. Fear, get out of here in the name of Jesus. No trespassing. My mind, my will, and my emotions... I bring them in subjection to the power of the Holy Spirit. And I roll all my care. I roll all my care. I roll all my anxiety. I just refuse to worry about that anymore. I cast them over on you, Lord. And I declare today that I am carefree. Because the good thing which is in me, which is in Christ Jesus, is the peace of God. You are the Prince of Peace. And I declare tonight I'm full of peace. And I've not been given the spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. Lord, you said pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet to my soul and health to my bones, sweet to my mind and healing to my body. Body, I speak the word over you. I say be healed 
I say be strong. I'm calling every organ, every tissue of my body, healed and whole in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's just thank Him right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. So find out who you are in Christ and rehearse it and say it. And it will get more real to you day by day. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I hope you got something out of tonight.